You all right? My name's Paul. I've got autism. I want to make random videos based on my version of autism. And the reason I'm laughing is because somebody uh, ended up getting that intro stuck in their head. Um, and I, I feel bad for it. I really do. You know, the fact that someone somewhere in the world knocking about going, you're right. My name's Paul. I've got autism. You know, and I feel bad for that. I really do. But it also made me laugh so much thinking about it. Um, so I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> thanks for letting me know. Um, but, you know, I get it. I get that where I have something stuck in my mind. Um, I'm sweating again. It's hot still in England. And this room is like a sauna. Um, and I've said a thousand times, no one wants to see me do this naked. So. That's why I keep wiping my head. I'm hot. But I, I do get that. I know what it feels like to get words stuck in your mind. Um, and a good example for me is I still watch wrestling. All right. That's out there now. Um, and I, my, my brand of choice is AEW. It's just that's the wrestling I like uh, or the wrestling company that I like. And on AEW Dark Elevation, for those who watch, there's a... There's a wrestler who pops up recently anyway um, called Wrecker to Hacker. And I just had that name going around in my head for ages. Like so much so it upset me sleep. You know, I'm just lying in bed trying to sleep and I've just got Wrecker to Hacker, Wrecker to Hacker, Wrecker to Hacker. Just, you know, going around my, going around my noodle. So I do get it. I do know how it feels. I'm just sorry I caused it, but. It is hilarious as well that you were doing my hellos. So thanks for that, man. I really appreciate that. Um, what else do I want to talk about? Well, there is some... I, I never thought I'd be this guy, but I feel like I, I need to do it, and I apologize for those who hate stuff like this. But um, I did a video on pride, uh, pronouns, and sexuality. Uh, basically, the video was about the fact that I don't understand you know, because it, I, I'm not in that camp. I'm not in that category. I don't know anything about it. And I kind of just wanted to put myself out there to basically say that uh, because I'm not an enemy of it. I'm, hey, you know, big fan of the Tran. Everything's cool, whatever. Just be happy. And it was really nice that I got a lot of nice comments because I was petrified putting that video up, I'll be honest. And, you know, there was a lot. And I sat here at the computer when I pressed upload and I just stared and I was refreshing and I was clicking off YouTube, going back onto YouTube, just waiting for the comments because if I was going to get bombarded with, what are you doing, you tool? Get that get that off here. You know, you haven't got a clue what you're talking about. I, I just thought if it gets taken the wrong way, then I've got to pull it down. So, you know, the people who commented, thanks a lot because you helped me keep it up uh, for those who might want to watch it. And it's been really good that it came over the right way because the video was genuinely about me, my autism, the lack of skill I've got to change. You know, I can't just flick a switch and go, hey, I'm cool about this now, or, ooh, let's hate this. I haven't got that in me. So obviously it's a changing landscape. And yeah, I, uh, I'm just thankful that, you know, for the comments I got where they've taught me a little, they spoke to me properly. You know, whoever the people were who were commenting, there was a good few of them. I had a good few emails. And I just want to say to those people, thanks. I appreciate that. I really do. Um, 
there was obviously the other side. I got bad comments. I got bad emails. But to be fair, the quality of the bad emails were just daft. Um, so what I will say is if you are the, one of the people who sent a bad email saying to me, what's the point in doing a video on this topic when you clearly haven't got a clue what you're talking about, maybe watch the video because the whole point of it is that I don't know what I'm talking about. All right. So I'm all for, you know, constructive criticism, being educated, all for it, but just saying something a bit daft. Um, when the answer is right in front of you, there's not much point. Um, but speaking of daft, that's the topic of my video. Uh, because I think it's so important to be able to laugh at yourself. I think, you know, the world is far too serious. Uh, you know, you all you've got to do is go on social media and people are out there sort of, you know, pouting. Mm, got my lips pouted. Look, mm, take a picture. Mm. But I don't know about you, but that pouted look, all I see is people sucking invisible spaghetti. That's all I see because obviously if they were eating a spaghetti bolognese, they'd be making the same face, wouldn't they? Like, mm, I'm sucking up that. Mm. So when people are pouting, I, I, all, I, all I see is, oh, sucking some invisible spaghetti, are we? So, you know, it's, it's an odd thing to do. You know, sticking your backside out for a picture and photoshopping, making your boobs, your bum bigger, your hips, you know, smaller or your waist smaller, whatever, setting bad examples by doing stuff like that. It's very, everything's all about how you look. And it's not just how you look, it's about how you, you know, you act and how you present yourself. And you see it even on YouTube. I've said it before, there's a lot of, a lot of women, a lot of ladies, a lot of girls doing lots of videos on autism, and they're a lot more open about how they feel and how it was and how something made them feel bad and what they've done to bring themselves out. It's a bit more real, but as a bloke, the flip side is they might talk about boyfriends, they might talk about menstrual cycles, they might talk about having kids, the birthing of children, being pregnant, you know, get, getting married, things which obviously I don't do or won't do. Um, so that's where I start to, you know, get a bit of a disconnect on some people, which is more than normal and expected. And you find a lot of guys are very, hi, my name's Paul. How are you? I'm going to teach you five things. Or it'll, you know, so it's very, not macho, but it's very, they're not very self-deprecating. They're not, <laughs> they're not very, ah, oh, I'm stupid. Or, ah, oh, the thing I did today, you know, and it's, You've got to be able to laugh at yourself. You've got to be able to be all right. You know, if, if you trip up and everyone laughs, laugh as well. <laughs> Why would you keep yourself out of your own joke? So I decided what I'd do is let you know it's all right to be a bit daft and do some silly things by telling you a story of something where I did something once that was so stupid. We're going to need to dig pretty deep to find someone who's done something more daft than what I did. And I'm telling you the story to let you know it's all right to be silly. You know, it's, it, like I said, it is a tough world to live in, dealing with autism. I mean, watch that video of me where I'm in low mood. I watch it back and I bore myself to death, you know, but I also know how that guy was feeling on that day. And then here I am today laughing my socks off, uh, not that I've got socks on because it's red hot, you know, about thinking of someone who's uh, copying my intro because it's stuck in the head. But 
you've got to be able every now and again to chill out, laugh, see the funny side, you know, be silly. I mean, how many people, like me, when I'm driving, every now and again, I'll just make a stupid noise, farm noise, I might just, you know, moo really loudly or something, and then I'll laugh because it makes me giggle, I'll, because it's the only place I can do it and nobody can see, nobody can hear, it's all good. Uh, so, yeah, you know, probably going to give away more than I should, but I'm just letting you know it's all right. Back in the day, I used to dye my beard because I, I had dark hair, but then I've got this tortoiseshell beard going on. Um, and I used to dye my beard the same color as my hair. And the first thing I did on the very first day I did it is the first person I knew that I saw, I went, I've dyed my beard. <laughs> I used just for men on my beard. And they were like, oh, you have as well. Oh, wow. And what they couldn't do with that is go anywhere and go, hey, you seen Paul's beard? Did you think he won't, we won't notice that? It's jet black now and not tortoiseshell, you know? So no one could really mock because I was the first one who went, I've done that. Can you see? I did this, you know? Uh, so, yeah, it kind of took the sting out. When, and, you know, So if you laugh at yourself first, people can't pick on it. But even when I was a kid, I remember being in school. We had this teacher called Mrs. G or Miss G. Gviazdovska, her surname was. Uh, she was cool, man. I really like Miss G. So Miss G, if you're watching, you're a good teacher. Don't anyone... Don't let anyone tell you different. I liked you. Um, so she sent me out of class once because I was laughing too much at someone farting, uh, boffing, trumping, passing wind, whatever your phrase is, wherever you are in the world, farting is my word of reference. So someone farted. It was hilarious. I got sent out. And, you know, you, you remember what it was like. You'd get sent out at school. You'd be stood outside the corridor. And you were just stood there waiting for the teacher to come out and correct your behavior. <laughs> and, you know, she was cool with me. And she goes, Paul, you're, a, you're an intelligent boy, but you have these moments that let you down. And it's moments like this that let you down. You know, what you need to understand is, you know, it's just, gas it's a natural reaction you're just breaking wind your body has to dispel this gas that it's built up from its digestive system and it needs to release that's the route it takes it's not funny you'll realize as you get older that it is just that process it's not funny and you'll get on with it i was like okay thanks for that miss and i went back in sat down cracked on I'm obviously a lot older now. This is, you know, I've lived that life again from the age, you know, I think I was, a good, I was only about 15, you know, I've done that again, you know, plus some more. And I can hand on heart tell you that I find farts funnier now than I did when I was at school. Don't know why, they're just hilarious. Um, especially when they weren't meant to happen. I find them even funnier when someone's talking and they go, oh, uh, I just find them funny. You know, I've got friends who've got kids and they always say to me, you wouldn't find farting funny if you had kids because you know that noise usually means they've had a poo and you've got to then start cleaning it up and it's gross, you know. Fair enough, but I haven't got kids, so farts are funny. Anyway, that's not even my point what we're doing. 12 minutes in and waffling. My weekly waffle, what am I going to do with myself? But... I'm going to carry on waffling. How good's that? 
And basically, I want to tell you a story of a time where I did something so stupid that even right now, thinking back to it, I feel ridiculous. It's like I just want to go and curl up under the bed, you know, eh, because of just remembering how <laughs> how stupid and how bad I felt from this scenario. That's all my fault. Okay, so uh, I'm telling a story because I told somebody, I told Mindful Divergence, uh, Carol, uh, that I would tell or a story of a time where I did something more stupid than something that Carol did when uh, she felt stupid. So here we go. Story time. So I'll set the scene. If you've ever watched the video, <laughs> I'm already laughing. I'm going to try and hold it together, I promise. But I, if, if you watch the video I did, which was like the second one I ever did, and it was something like, it's called something like why I had to be diagnosed. You know, you'll know that I had a boss who was a micromanager, a bit of a hard ass, um, a bit of a problem. Um, but th that, at the time, the company I worked for, I was doing all these fire risk assessments and fire drills and fire training, fire evacuation stuff all over Manchester. And at the time, let's pretend it was 2010, maybe. Uh, there was a lot of things happening in the news about slaves. So basically what had happened is you would have people who lived, who live in England, who let's say their original nationality was from somewhere in Africa or somewhere in the Middle East. There was people flying over from these areas, uh, maybe on holiday or whatever, they'd get to the UK and they would have been promised that they would have had a job waiting for them, they would have had a flat waiting for them, whatever it was. And what had really happened is the people would end up being taken by the people who got them there. They'd take the passports off them and they would keep them as slaves to clean their houses and clean their friends' houses. And, you know, this person would basically sleep you know, on a hard floor under the stairs or in a basement. And I'm not making this up. Go on the MEN uh, news, you know, Manchester Evening News. Look back, there was this huge, and obviously anyone from Manchester will be able to back me up on this. There was this huge, huge, huge issue and, and a huge crackdown of slaves. Uh, obviously, rightfully so. I'm not having to go at that. But it, was all, it all started because a slave escaped and just ran right into the middle of a road, you know, and basically halted traffic and the police were called and, you know, it turned out this person had been kept a slave for all these years and, you know, it was trying to basically break this uh, band up. So it was on the news every day. It was on the radio every day. You couldn't walk past a newspaper stand or... Newspaper stand? I don't live in America. <laughs> I couldn't walk past a news agent. I watch too much TV, that's what it is. You couldn't walk past a news agent, the newspaper shop, and see that it plastered on the, you know, th uh, the advertising boards outside, the front of the newspaper. It was literally everywhere, you know, 70 homes raided, more slaves found, uh, slaves found dead, you know, all this, all this stuff in the news. And, you know, I'm not big on the news, I don't follow it, but subconsciously you can't help it but go in. So I had that going on. All the time. I was working so fast, so busy that 
I just wasn't paying attention to me either. You know, I was just going out, doing the work, doing the write-up, going home, going out, doing the work, doing the write-up, going home. And it just never, the cycle never ended. And then one day I was going to do a fire risk assessment at this huge, huge clinic somewhere in Manchester. And the area had a lot of people in the area who were um, Middle Eastern, and it had a lot of people in the area who were African, um, you know, because some areas in Manchester have a, you know, there's none of this, uh, in some areas in Manchester, there's none of that multicultural uh, society that they wanted to go for. They just ended up putting a lot of people of one nationality in one area, and that was it. You know, not like the area of Manchester where I grew up. So, you know, you've got to remember all I'm thinking of because all I'm hearing on the news is Middle Eastern persons, slaves, 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 Africans, slaves, slaves, slaves. Um, that's all you kept hearing. So I'm not, not having a go. I'm not, you know, being racist or nothing. I'm just telling you facts of what was happening. And I pulled up to this building that I was doing a, a risk assessment on. I was feeling bored because it was just so repetitive. There was no change. I knew this building very well and I knew that it was horrible. Uh, I knew I wasn't going to enjoy my day. I knew some of the staff were quite rude. I didn't like any of that. So it was just a, a bit of a mess. I wasn't feeling great going. And I knew that the roads were really built up and busy. I knew there was nowhere to park. It was like a place that could occupy 500 people and it had 14 car parking spaces. So I knew I'd have to drive around a bit to try and find a car parking space. Finally find somewhere. It's really early in the morning and I get out of the car. It's raining, it's cold. And I'm just walking because now I wear, um, I don't know what they're called, but you know where they're a mix of shoes and trainers? They look like shoes on the top, but they've got a trainer bottom. So they're really comfy. Shrainers, is that it? Um, anyway. Um, so, you know, my boss at the time used to have to make, want me to wear these stupid shoes. So they were uncomfortable and I'm walking. It's the morning. I don't like the morning. I'm not a morning person. Trapes into this building, long walk from the car just to get to where I needed to work. And, you know, the area was horrible anyway. It's dirty. It's manky. These Broken chairs, broken kids' toys just thrown onto public land because they don't want to throw it away. No one will know who did it. Let's just throw it out and get the council to collect it, which is a scummy thing to do, but people do that. Fly tipping. So I'm walking and I get near the clinic uh, that I was doing this big assessment on. And I'm walking past broken chairs and walking past, um, you know, broken doll houses, broken cars from that kids drive around in and stuff um and then i come to this rolled up rug huge rug and it moved and obviously it was early i thought rugs don't move this isn't aladdin the rug isn't moving by itself and i took a couple more steps but i was a bit sort of like did that rug move you know I'd take a couple more steps i turn round. And I look, and it's, I don't know if it's moving, is it my eyes? You know, it's still the morning, I'm tired, I'm wiping the rain off my face, I'm just wondering. And I thought it moved again. Rugs don't move by themselves, Paul. So 
I slowly step back and keep watching this rug. And I'm thinking, you know, obviously it's a bit of a scruffy area. There is a lot of overgrowth there. Maybe these uh, feral cats, um, you know, living in there or maybe they're just keeping dry because it's raining or maybe these birds, whatever, you know, maybe there's something going on. Um, some bit of wildlife living in the in the in this huge rolled up rug, and then the rug in its entirety sort of shifted a bit, and I heard this very weak moan come from it. Uh, oh my god! There's a slave in the rug. So, you know, you've got to remember. I'm in an area that's heavily populated by persons that are being, you know, perpetrated as the people who are being found to own all these slaves. I'd not long done a lot of fire risk assessments down the Curry Mile in Manchester, which is a, a mile's worth of curry houses, self-explanatory name. And I was going into basements, moving, you know, these false walls that look like something out of Scooby-Doo, you know, and I'd have 30 immigrants just come flying past me and scatter you know, because obviously they shouldn't be there, but they were living under these curry houses. And it was a crazy, crazy time. So I'm in an area that's, you know, being told that's uh, where a lot of these these slaves are being found as well, where a lot of these dead slaves were being found. And, you know, rugs don't move. I had to keep telling myself that, Paul, rugs don't move by themselves. And the whimper that came from it, I thought someone has obviously been watching the news, been really bothered and twitchy, and they've beaten their slave to a pulp. They've wrapped them up in this rug. They've ditched them here. You know, maybe they didn't want the person to die, but they wanted them to keep them alive long enough. You know, that's why they've ditched them outside of a health center. So, you know, when it gets a bit later in the day, there's going to be people walking by it's along a school run route. So there's going to be people walking by. By this point, someone will catch on that there's a human being inside this rug and they'll phone the police, you know, or they'll nip in the health center. They'll be like, there's someone in the rug. And they'll come out and they'll, you know, help them and, you know, or whatever. But by this point, you know, the, the people who got rid of them would have erased all evidence that that person was ever in their house. And, you know, so I'm stood there getting soaked, looking at this rug that moved and made a noise. So what else do you do in that situation? I wasn't going to touch the rug because that's I didn't want to tamper with evidence just in case there was, you know, something on there. So I get the mobile phone out, 999, you know, 911 for all you overseas people. And, you know, I'm talking to the operator and I'm like, you, there's a rug that just made a noise. Uh, there's a human being in it. Uh, I'm in Manchester. You know what's going on with the slaves at the minute. Uh, everything in the news but there's genuinely a rug i've stared at it for ages it's it's moving and it's making whimpering sounds very faint whimpering sounds you're gonna need to send everyone so you know and i did i even said to the person on the phone i was like do you think i'm being mad or you know because rugs don't move by themselves do they she's like no rugs do not move by themselves like right well there's someone in it and they're making very weak noises and she agreed. She sent everyone. And before I was even off the phone, I could hear the sirens coming. So I sort of just stepped out of the way a little bit, stayed near the, the health center. And, you know, I could hear screeches of tires because these police were getting there as fast as they could. 
because it's obviously an emergency and it's serious. There is a someone dying in this rug. And, the, you know, it was like an American, uh, you know, the old Starsky and Hutch or whatever, where a police car skids right past its, you know, the turning it needs, corrects itself and flies down the road, slams its brakes on, it pulls up, all these police dispatch out of this car, all these police dispatch out of this van, they're sticking on the gloves, they're throwing up the tape, they're cordoning off the area. You know, I meet the guy and while I'm stood there, while he's doing all this, I'm thinking, I'm going to be a hero. I'm going to save this person's life. And how, how do I avoid like taking credit for that? Because what if the newspapers want to talk to me? What if, the, what if the local news wants to do a segment of why did you decide to, you know, I had all this stuff going through my head. I thought Oasis were going to do a tribute song for me. I just thought all this stuff was going on and it was crazy, crazy stuff. And, you know, I walk over to this police officer and he's there looking really serious. He's like, where is it? And I said, it's just over there, officer. And the police officer walks over. He looks at the rug. He looks at me. And he just goes, oi. And the rug opens up. And there's a homeless person <laughs> sleeping there. Ah, Yeah, so my active imagination ran wild. I thought maybe I was uncovering a dying person who'd been kept as a slave against the will as all slaves usually are uh and i thought i'd uncovered something i thought like i say oasis were going to throw me a parade uh you know i was going to get the key to manchester you know maybe an honorary degree somewhere just for being this superstar and it turned out that there was just a homeless person asleep in a rug uh the look on the police officer's face there was none of this Ah, you know, I can see how you got it wrong, mate. Don't be, you know, and, they, and drive off. This police officer wanted to kill me. I'm not kidding. The look on his face, the anger, the rage, the red face, the steam coming out of his ears. It was horrible, man. I felt so stupid, you know, because homeless people don't live in residential areas around Manchester. Homeless people live in the town centre of Manchester. Where I live now, homeless people live in tents, you know. They don't live in rugs. so. That threw me completely. All that news really bothered me, you know, and I, I remember sort of putting my tail between my legs and I went into the health centre and I went and uh, there was a lady called Diane who worked on the reception and she's like, you're late. I was like, I know, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry about that, but I, uh, there was an issue outside. Um, I thought there was a... <laughs> I thought there was someone someone had been thrown away in the rug. There's a rug outside. She went, oh, yeah, that's where that homeless guy sleeps. <laughs> so everyone knew except me. Uh, I still think I was right for phoning the police. You know, I shouldn't be touching no rugs, but I just didn't think that maybe a homeless person would use a rug to sleep in. And my imagination got the better of me. So I felt very, very stupid for a very, very long time. And now I laugh at it. Uh, obviously, because it is stupid. But yeah, I think it takes, uh, you know, I used so much of Greater Manchester's resources in emergency services to move a rug. And I apologize profusely for that. And I'd like to think during my time with the fire service, I made up for it, uh, you know, in cost. <laughs> but yeah, I felt so stupid. So there we go. Stupid story. It's all right to laugh at yourself.
<laughs> even if you still, after all these years, still feel like a right buffoon. Um, but anyway, think back, share a story with me, send it in an email if you don't want to put it on the comments. But, you know, I think you're going to have to go a long way to beat mine, you know. Um, I know some people feel stupid when they date someone for a while and it turns out they were an idiot and you go, oh, I was so stupid. Nah, that's just an education. You know, I could probably make the same mistake again. So there we go. Me being stupid, me laughing at it. Laugh at yourself every now and again. Take a break. Take take some time off yourself. It's It's good to feel, you know, what it feels like to have a grin on your chops. Doesn't happen too often. But anyway, until next time, thanks for watching and keep smiling.